0: Hi guys, welcome along to the On The Whistle podcast. I'm your host, Zane Nabi. Today, I'm privileged to have alongside me sports media executive, Francis Nkwain. He's one of the mainstay of our show, and he, as always, he's live from Cameroon. Francis, how are things with you, old mate?
1: Uh, Zane, uh, all is well. Uh, Currently in uh, rainy Cameroon, uh, in Douala to be precise, the economic capital. Where the Lions played uh, Mozambique yesterday, World Cup qualifiers for Qatar, uh, which they gainfully won 3 1. And they're going around the country testing uh, infrastructure, uh, the new stadia for, in preparations for the AFCON in January. So it's nice to see the different cities, the different uh, stadia and infrastructure. It's, it's good.
0: Amazing to hear that's all coming along so well. I'm certainly gonna be looking you up for those VIP comps because I know you're a man who can organize that, Francis. But moving from rainy uh, Cameroon, gonna move us to somewhere else that's quite wet and rainy today. And uh, that gives me an opportunity to introduce some new blood on our show, our new associate producer. Welcome, Alistair Haworth, um, who is very proudly if he could wear his national colors on his sleeve, but he's got it behind him. It's a beautiful Kenyan flag if you're watching us on YouTube. Alistair, tell us why you're passionate about African football.
2: Uh, thanks so much, Zane. Um, and, uh, super buzzing to make my my podcast debut today. Uh, I'm born and bred in uh, Kenya um, and now kind of living, yeah, like you said, equally miserable and rainy London. Um, but... Buzzing and excited about all things African football and uh, can't wait to get stuck in.
0: Amazing. We're so happy to have you join our virtual bra. And when Francis is back, we're going to go to his backyard. We're going to light up the flames and we're going to have the biggest bra you can imagine to welcome you. And of course, celebrate African football. So Francis, you better be prepared. You're hosting.
1: Uh, I'm really looking forward to Nando's invitation. You will be making to all of us. (laughs) Uh, no assumptions <laughs> taken that I can host. So you are our gaffer, so we follow you where you lead. So Nando's it is, right? Nando's
0: it is. You know what? You're right. You can do Nando's at mine, and then we'll do something at Francis afterwards around the bride. Anyway, it rains. It rains in London, so we've got to, we've got to be indoors. We've got to be indoors. So I like your suggestion. Well, listen, guys. Today we're going to be talking about some of the most iconic moments in african football viewed through the lens of francis and alistair a real great opportunity to sit around the bry and celebrate these moments but before we get there i just wanted to bring in some of our comments from our online community as always guys it's so good to have you join our virtual braai um and remember if you want to consume us go to youtube go to facebook just search for on the whistle podcast or hit us up on Instagram or Twitter at otw_podcast. And um, I'm going to start off with a comment from Zibasisa uh, Mko. He watched our podcast on YouTube with Kenya's Mount Kilimanjaro, Musa Otieno, and he said Musa was one of the most humble players. Very slow, but a mastermind of a brain. I used to go watch him in Cape Town and watch him when the team trained at Santos. And I recall them beating Chiefs. Listen, what a wonderful comment and what a famous victory. That Santos team went on to win the Premier Soccer League. So I'm sure in your mind, that was a famous, famous win. Um, Also, we had uh, Josephine from Germany. She contacted us on Twitter. She, um, She consumed the pod with Otieno, which was entitled, In Kenya, the Abnormal is Normal. And she said, in Kenya, that is the way it is for sports people today. So thank you for that comment, Josephine. And we're going to end with one final thought from Romeo Candido. Romeo watched our clip on our YouTube account. This was an interview with Bruce Grobola, the Zimbabwean Warriors goalkeeper, the Liverpool legend. Um, Bruce was talking about lifting the curse that led to Liverpool's first Premier League title. And on it he spoke about peeing on the famed Anfield posts. I kid you not. Well, Romeo says another way that you can lift curses is by throwing salt the ground because throwing salt like urinating helps neutralize any curses or forms of magic well i gotta say i'm not superstitious i don't believe that the only thing i throw salt on is my chips or my meat that i put on the braai um and maybe that is a great way to segue to you guys as we look to celebrate our favorite african football moments francis given that you're the eldest statesman and on the continent Perhaps we hear from you here uh, about what um, what you'd like, and bear in mind, you and I are the guys have a bit of salt and pepper in our beards.
1: Ah, speaking of salt, I like the way you did that. That's okay; I can't take offense to that because now we're on the same side. So, <laughs> okay. but speaking of throwing salt, uh, I usually throw salt in my hat before I wear it. Don't know why, but um, on, our, on to... onto. Favorite moments for me, Uh, I have to go back to 1990, premier game of the World Cup, uh, Cameroon v. Argentina. Uh, It's a memory that I don't think I will ever shake, but it's also a memory that I think a favorite memory that is shared by a lot of people in African football because it was such an unexpected and long awaited moment. It was, telling moment when Oman B rose above that Argentinian defense and headed the ball down into the corner. Everything seemed to happen like in slow motion when I think about, it, you know, and, and the keeper goes down and you can see him almost catch the ball, but it hits his knee and somehow still like um, makes it in. And yeah, it's just a remarkable moment to see, you know, we take it for granted when we see um, Cristiano Ronaldo these days jumping and heading the ball his knees are at the level of the defender's head or or things and this happened in 1990 with this guy it was a great leap it was uh, his brother had been sent off just before you know it was, everything was just it was it was truly amazing and they were the world cup holders and nobody expected Cameroon to to beat Argentina with Maradona who was at the prime of his career and so it sticks with me. It's a moment that speaks to the impossible being possible, you know, and, it, and hold it as motivation outside of football, where you're able to say, you know, there's no such thing as the underdog never winning. Um, so it inspires us beyond football. It allows us to know that we can achieve whatever we set our minds to if we work hard, even if the odds are against you um, and the system maybe even is against you. You can rise and you can shine and but it takes endeavor, it takes hard work, it takes the involvement of multiple elements, so again, forgive me, I tend to go beyond our sport and get a little bit philosophical, but it is what it is, but that's uh, a moment in African football history that uh stays with me till today, sure,
0: a cult classic, and we love it when you get philosophical, Francis, because it shows you're not just a pretty face um I was gonna say. You raised a valid point there about the underdog and inspiring, and I think that is the perfect segue to Alistair, who um, is a loyal Harambe Stars fan and has had a lot of, um, you know, sitting there as not the biggest dog in the fight, but sometimes finding a way to to find some memories to hold on to.
2: Yeah, I think as as a yeah, like you said, a long suffering Harambe Stars fan. Um, there's there's not always kind of much to cheer about. But for me, and i I suppose I'm showing my age as well. Uh it was my my memory is the twenty nineteen Cup of Nations, kind of the first time that Kenya had been in it in like 15 years, and the first time that I kind of really remember it. I don't really remember the two thousand four uh Cup of Nations. And I remember it really specifically because the, the first day the first game we were playing against um Algeria was the night before my university graduation and my family had said we're going to go to like a nice restaurant to celebrate and i said absolutely not we're not going because kenya are playing we have to watch and we lost 2-0 but it was an amazing memory um and it was just such a powerful moment to see us playing and then just like less than a week later to play kind of an east african derby against tanzania in the same group and i just yeah remember seeing Olunga grabbing those two goals and we won three two and Yeah, it was just an amazing experience Um, for me. It was just really powerful. finally being able to see a country, which I was from, which isn't really known for football is known for our, you know, athletics and everything um, to finally get onto the kind of the the African stage and actually, you know, represent ourselves. Well, I mean, we're in a group with Algeria and Senegal. Obviously, we're the finalists and the two best teams at the tournament, but we kind of showed, you know, we played with a lot, uh, you know, a lot of credibility and, and even got the bragging rights over our uh, Tanzanian neighbors. So it was a, an amazing experience for me. And listen, sometimes even in defeat, those
0: memories still hold for the rest of your lives. I remember when South Africa made their debut at the 1998 Football World Cup in France. And we got hammered in our opening game against France, who obviously you guys know went on to win it. But it was the pride of being able to go to the big dance and to be there. Um, and I didn't have to cancel any graduation celebrations, but I remember as young teenage boys staying up, sitting up to watch that game because of the time delay from uh, from, from Paris uh, or from France was, was, was fantastic. Um, but the AFCON has given us all such rich memories. I remember the 1996 when when bafana bafana won but um there there are so many iconic afcon moments and i know from your perspective alistair there's one that certainly um is really clear in your mind as as one of the most iconic on on uh, in african football history
2: yeah i i i mean the the biggest probably the most impactful afcon as as a fan was watching the 2012 kind of Wonder story that was was Zambia um, kind of coming into the tournament. I I didn't know anything about Zambian football Um, and we, you know, we had these heavyweights in in Ivory Coast and Ghana um, and a few others. And I'm kind of seeing this team kind of top their group on Cameroon, Sorry. Sorry. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Can't can't, can't miss out on the on the biggest ones. Um, (laughs) And, you know, seeing seeing this team of like, you know, essentially kind of you know on a global scale nobody's coming coming together and, and putting ama- this together this amazing run you know and, and they you know they came out of it with so much credit they they won their group they they hammered sudan they beat ghana and then you know they, they ended up beating this ivorian team that didn't even concede a goal the whole tournament um and they still managed to beat them um, on penalties and i just remember watching that penalty shootout i can't even remember it's like 18 penalties or something like that Almost 20 penalties taken before um, before uh, I think it was Gervinho missed and, and Zambia won. Um, it's just so incredible. And then growing up a bit more and learning about the kind of backstory to the Zambian team, you know, learning about characters like Kalusha Bwalya and kind of what he went through and and you know the team that obviously you know were involved in the car crash and plane crash and and kind of learning about the you know that this this was a story that wasn't just you know an incredible underdog story in in, in a footballing context, but just an amazingly powerful um, story about what football can do for a country, a nation, for kind of people around the world. And, and that was just, yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable tournament. You know,
0: when you spoke about Zambia, I, I recall the 1994 AFCON because everyone got behind Zambia given the plane crash that had happened. And if it wasn't for one of the best Nigerian teams of all time, the plucky Zambians, Chipolo Polo would have won that tournament. I mean, you go through that Nigerian team, Sunday Olicia, Fenidi George, Daniel Amokoccia, Yakeni, and wait for it. Well, two more names. Uh, Emmanuel Emonike and one of the greatest footballers of all time, JJ Akocha. I mean, <laughs> it almost seems like if there was a team outside of Um, Zambia that you wanted to win, it would have been the star-studded Super Eagles outfit. So, I mean, fantastic memories for us all. Um, And Francis, I know we've celebrated teams and tournaments, but you have an individual moment of brilliance that uh, stands out for you.
1: Yeah, um, a memory of mine as well as um, King George. Um, I remember a goal he scored for AC Milan. 1996 season. Again, I'm giving away my age. Um, but um, he had he had just won the Ballon d'Or in 2021 and he remains still the only African ever to have won the Ballon d'Or. But he had this game against, I believe it was Verona, and he wins the ball like uh, just outside the penalty area of his own camp and pretty much slices all the way through. The entire team all the way and you you keep thinking nah he he can't possibly go all the way and you watch it again all these moments seem to pass in slow motion and you see him going and the tackles come in and he rides them and doesn't lose the ball and and then he slots it in one of the most amazing goals we've ever seen in world football but we don't celebrate it as much you know like we talk about all these great goals like uh, scored by Maradona against the, the England at the World Cup. And there are all these amazing goals that usually when we want to remember great moments in soccer, but we tend to have this collective uh, blackout on on an amazing goal scored by an amazing player who is very rarely celebrated beyond our shores. Um, and so, in this moment, I just thought it was only befitting in a weekend where we are speaking of Ballon d'Ors. Uh, and excited by the new challenges that are being presented by the new talent of the, con- of the continent, to be able to double hat to, if not our greatest, at least one of our greatest, who gifted us a tremendous moment in history. That again, beyond football, speaks about the power of the individual, uh, of strength, of fortitude, of mind, of talent. It, it's all embodied in that in that moment, going against the odds again and being able to carry your people along with you and being that sacrificial lamb that opens up doors and hopefully paves the way for others to fall.
0: And Francis, when you talk about that goal, when you mentioned before the podcast, you're gonna talk about it, I YouTubed it because I had to remind myself and I'm sitting here going, why do I have to remind myself from a moment of poetry a moment of 30 seconds of pure brilliance and if you haven't i'm going to share it in the links remind yourself i was embarrassed i didn't that we were so you know we were so blessed to have a talent of george Weah coming from our continent one of our own scoring this iconic goal and um he's obviously gone on to do great things outside of the world of football he's transcended right we all love him for the ballon d'or we love him for the titles he won and we love him for um, really, you know, wearing an iconic Rossoneri shirt so well. Um, but, um, but you know, he's he's gone on to, to become a president and do far bigger things in the world than, than just playing football, which we're here to celebrate. Gentlemen, an absolute pleasure to have you on the pod this week. Um, Francis, so good to hear from you. Uh, can't wait to see you. And uh, Alistair, welcome 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 to the pod as our as our new associate producer uh we can't wait to to work with you in front of the camera behind the camera um and uh, most importantly we can't wait to break bread and sit around a braai or get together in nando's restaurant um because um it's been far far too long gentlemen fantastic having you on i wish you well
1: Very much, Zayn, and an absolute pleasure meeting you, Alistair. And we look forward to many, 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 many sessions like this.
2: Absolutely, thanks so much, guys.